Hello and thanks for listening to Acting Related, the MySite.actor podcast. I'm your host, Frank Prendergast, and my guest today is actor and acting coach, Pauline O'Driscoll. Pauline has a multitude of screen and theatre credits. You can see her playing Mary in Jared Barrett's Small Town, which is currently available on the Virgin Media Player. She plays Joan in Austin Smithers' Busman's Holiday, which uh, I think you can rent from Amazon. And it's also on Amazon Prime, but not in Ireland as far as I know. Um, And as soon as we are allowed back into theatres, Pauline will be organising a tour of her one-woman show, Seven Ages of Mam, which she co-wrote with Mark Evans and which was nominated for Best New Play in the Brighton Fringe Festival. But today we are going to be talking all about Uta Hagen. So let's chat. Pauline, thank you so much for joining me for a chat. Um, we have obviously we've been chatting recently because I've been uh, doing some work on your website. So we've been talking a bit about Uta Hagen. And um, I have to admit, I knew the name Uta Hagen and I have uh, seen her books, <laughs> but I have not read them. Um, but I think my mum has her books on her. My mum has this extensive uh, drama library. It's it's kind of incredible. So I've seen the name. But I honestly don't know a huge amount about her. So I thought it'd be brilliant to have you on to have a chat about Uta Hagen uh, because you actually trained with her. Hi, Frank. <laughs> Thanks a million for having me on. Um, I'm delighted and excited to be here, especially having listened to all your podcasts and all the fabulous people you've had on. <laughs> cool. So I'm um, a little overwhelmed at the thought of um, following their footsteps. But anyway, I'll do my best. Um Yes, I um, I trained with Uta Hagen, and um, yeah, she's hugely, hugely well known in the states, and I realise not as well known here. Although people, um, actors usually do seem to have maybe have one of her books. Right. She has. She wrote two extraordinary acting textbooks that are still used in drama schools, I think around the world. Um, I think they're even used, I think somebody recently told me that they had been, um, they used her book here in in, in CIT or UCC, I'm, I'm not sure. Right. But um, she wrote two. One, the first one was called Respect for Acting. And I just, that title, that's just brilliant, basically, as far as I'm concerned. And that is actually one of the most important things she taught me and everybody else that she taught um, is respect for the art form of acting. Right. Now, she then went on. That was the first book she wrote. And then she went on to write a second one, which she called A Challenge for the Actor, which when she was writing that, she considered it vastly superior to the first one. <laughs> and so uh, when I started studying with her, it was it was just a challenge for the actor that we worked from. Right. And so but, just to con- like to contextualize it, so because I literally know the name. Okay. Uh, like, so she? I know. Exa- well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who is Uta Hagen? Okay. So she, she, Basically, she was an actress, um, an award-winning Tony, three Tony Awards, um, an Obie, uh, um, uh, uh, Drama Critics Awards, you know, actress. Um, she, <laughs> like when you look at the career, dear God, she made her her uh, theatrical debut um, playing uh, Nina in The Seagull. That's what she started with. Then um, right. she got her first Tony for the role uh, um, in um, The Country Girl, Odette's The Country Girl. That was her um, Broadway uh, debut. And then her second Tony that she won was for originating the role of Martha in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, which is oh, just nice. an absolute favourite of mine. I can't, oh, my God, just genius. And actually, as an aside, those the original audio recording of that production with Uta Hagen is available on YouTube, free to Brilliant. listen to. And it is Brilliant. It is 
oh my god it's it's genius is what it is i mean you're like oh yeah i can see why they got gave her the tony for that <laughs> later on she won a, a, a another well, she, didn't, she was awarded another tony award for like lifetime achievement and she was so she was this huge acting star really right. and then she um she married, a, well, her second marriage, she married a chap called Herbert Burkoff. You're like, who the hell is Bar- Herbert Burkoff? Well, he was an actor and she met him. I think they were working on Othello together. And he is the one that encouraged her to start teaching. Right. And that was 1947. And I think that's, now I've never seen this written anywhere, but 1947 is also the year that she was blacklisted, you know, the um, McCarthyism. So she, yes, because she had allegedly, I wasn't there, so I don't know, had an affair with an actor called Paul Robeson. And um, he was considered to be a communist or to have communist um, leanings or whatever. And so therefore, Uta, along with lots of other names, was blacklisted so like that's actually the reason why she didn't have the movie career that you would have oh that's that's fascinating so because we're like okay well if she's such this big deal actor how come i never heard of her i've never seen any of her movies or whatever and he said well she didn't even get to make a movie until she was like 66 or something wow you know so um and she i actually like all a lot of that obviously happened way before my time yeah I'm not that old Um, (laughs) so she uh, uh, by the time I met her Herbert was actually dead so she he had died in 1990 Herbert Burkhoff so she had gone to the Herbert Burkhoff studio and started teaching there in his Uh, studio I see okay so HB that's that's what HB is exactly HB studio Herbert Bucker studio they're still going in New York to this day fantastic school it's where I trained um and when uh so when Herbert wanted her to teach she was like but I'm not a teacher Herbert and he's like no I want you to share what it is that what it is you've learned, you've learned and experienced. Right. So this is one of the things I love about the HB studio is so all of the faculty at HB studio are working. Right. Practitioners. Right. In whatever the field is. And when you signed up for classes at HB studio, you signed up knowing that, you know, you're signed up with Frank Prendergast, but you know, if Frank Prendergast is going to be doing a play on Broadway, then, you know, maybe Pauline O'Driscoll is taking over teaching Frank Pendergast's class. Right, and yeah. Pauline might be going on Broadway and Frank will be coming back or whatever. You gotcha, know, yeah, like, yeah. So she, that's how she ended the start of teaching. And that's why, and then the, so she's this, an actress, teacher, she's like revered in, in New York. The list of people, it's a who's who, the people she has trained, you know, right. you're, Al Pacino's, your Robert De Niro's, your Sigourney Weaver, Whoopi Goldberg, Amanda Peet, Jack Lemmon. Right. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And I always like to put and me at the <laughs> yeah. end of, of yeah. that <laughs> Because, you know, it's not often you get to throw your name into a list like that. Um, so, yeah, it, it, and, and the people who have trained with her, Hold her in very, very high regard. Sure. As as do I. And do you Um, know, so I know, I mean, I know there is, um, I know there is an Uta Hagen technique and I know that, and I know that you teach it. um, But uh, what I'm curious about is, do you, do you happen to know when she was asked to teach, did she then come up with the technique like as a teacher or did she examine the technique that she had developed as an actor and then, begin to teach that do you know what I mean as always Frank that's an excellent question and the thing is I wasn't there (laughs) I don't actually know the order of events but I do know that um uh respect for acting came out which was the book the first of the two books that came out after she started teaching 
but I think it was a way of, of for her to share what had become her methodology. Like, so sure. she was yeah. already sharing her methodology by teaching it. And now she was putting pen to paper, trying to, um, trying to put it in steps that an actor could actually apply themselves, work yes. it out. And so the, what is, what is her technique? I can hear you saying, what is her technique is, it's basically, if you really kind of boil it down, it is like how to be truthful in imaginary circumstances. Now, she had started off in respect for acting, saying how to be realistic right. in imaginary circumstances. And then she said, I've read somewhere, that she was in the horrors then when she'd have, she'd see some performance or something and the actor would be claiming to have been using Uta's um, approach. And she's like, but no, that's not what I meant at all. Which is why she then wrote a challenge for the actor to make it really clear what she meant, because right. there's a huge difference between being realistic and being truthful. Being realistic means I have to make an entrance stage left um, and sweaty, um, having run up the stairs despite my um, bad left hip, right? Now, to do that realistically, what, what do you do? You run up and down the, the, the stairs from the stage door to the whatever a few times and then enter actually out of breath. That's, that's, okay, that's realistic, but you can't deliver your lines and you're probably going to pass out from hyperventilation or something. Right. What we need to do is to be able to make that entrance, like truthfully, what... How do I recreate as if I have run up and down the stairs, as if I have a sore hip, as if it's been raining outside, as if, and behave truthfully in those imaginary circumstances? Okay, that's really interesting. So, like, in that example, what are we, what are we talking about there in terms of that truthfulness? Are we talking about, you know, are we talking about certain like physical things that would be truthful to that circumstance? Are well, we talking sure. about the emotional um, truthfulness of the scene rather than those physical circumstances, or is it a mix of all, all of the above? Of the above okay. Frank, top go to the top of the class. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all of it. Now, but you see the, the beauty of, of Uta's technique is that, you, you know, as she devised it, she broke it down. And she basically broke it down into 10 exercises, which I actually have sort of broken down into 12 lessons. But um, right. I've taken something from from our first book as well, because I think that's it's too important to leave there. And that's called Three Entrances. I'll get back to it. But um, Truthfulness. What is the truthfulness of, of making that entrance that we just described? And when I say truthfulness, I don't just I don't mean like, oh, that the audience can think, oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. I believe them. But that the actor has the truthfulness for themselves, that the actor can can believe that their circumstances to be to be real so that they can have that a moment where it where it feels like the fourth wall the fourth side has come down and that we are seeing a private moment right um, but in the example i gave for example there you would use a number of her exercises right so the very first exercise is called physical destination that is the idea that nobody is ever standing still or being in one place we are always on our way somewhere even right. if i stop in the middle of the room to to talk to you and i stay there for 15 minutes talking to you the truth is that as a the character is not lost. The character is not suspended in you because you'll sometimes hear inexperienced actors, especially if they're given um, direction 
on stage, just, okay, so just walk over there on that line or just turn, just deliver that line from there and then go there. As As human beings, that's not how we do it. I might be standing in the middle of the stage talking to you, but I know that I'm, I was actually on my way to the toilet. And sure. that as soon as you're finished talking to me, I'm actually, actually it's, I'm getting more desperate or whatever. It, it, you know, you, that's not part of the play or whatever, but I have a reason why I am leaving or sure. the kettle is boiling or the, I'm going to get a drink or I'm actually on my way over to see what my, what's my husband doing talking to that one in the corner or whatever it is I'm on my way so you're never suspended so that's right. physical destination is the first exercise then then in that particular example I gave you off the top of my head you'd have fourth side as well Uta called the fourth wall the fourth side so when you're on a stage what what is that that's between you and the audience you know because you've got the other three walls of your set here around you or if you're on um on a whether you're on stage or on set you usually have sure. three three of the walls and when you're on stage the fourth one is the audience or if you're on set the fourth one is a lorry load of cameras sure. makeup artists other people standing around and you yeah. have to be able to look out onto that fourth wall and be relaxed out there sure. and and uh, be like know that there's a window there and a mirror there and that picture that you love there and and that you are comfortable out there. So that example I was giving, that's got that in it. Then it's also got all these physical sensations. So how do you recreate physical sensations, even if they're ones that you've never experienced? How do we access that? How do we practice it? How do we, what does it come? And like really briefly, for example, being drunk. Nobody who's drunk is trying to look drunk. They're usually desperately trying to um, stay focused on one thing in front. So, so for the actor, you access drunkness by finding out what is it that you do to um to correct for drunkenness and it is in doing the correction that you find the physical um if your hip is bad specifically which bit of your hip where what and how do you walk in order to alleviate that particular pain as opposed to a creaky knee as opposed to a twisted ankle or a an ingrowing toenail or whatever could be going on you know Anyway, I'm rabbiting on. Sorry. No, no, not at all. It's really, it's really interesting. And so you said, like, so you you teach it in twelve modules. You mentioned that she had, like, she has ten steps. Well, there were ten. It's the ten exercises. Yeah. Right. And are they? Do they? They build on each other. Is that what you're going to ask me? I think so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I guess what I mean is, um, when you get is is the ten are the ten steps something that teach you the overall technique that are then kind of ingrained in you or is it 10 step you know is it 10 steps or 10 things that you do when approaching every role another great question frank okay so again i think i'm gonna have to go with both sure this the exercises are designed to be worked on incrementally so in other words, if you, you learn physical destination and what that's all about, and then you apply that as a given to the fourth side exercise, as a given to the changes of self exercise, as a given to the creating the outdoors, uh, recreating the outdoors, to the physical sensation, to historical imagination, to talking to the you Physical destination element becomes absolutely necessary in all of those but and then as you go on you're adding and adding and adding so when you see a re one of the more advanced students they will be doing maybe um historic historical imagination exercise which is about um, a historical character but like an ordinary 
three minutes in their life, not anything from the play, but, and then that usually requires everything that went before. So they've come in and their clothes are wet. Um, so you've got all that physical sensation or or their the room is feels like this or they're touching things, their their belongings, their it, it's all the relationship with um with everything. Because as well as the 10 exercises, I mean a lot of people have heard of um the six steps which are six questions to ask yourself before every role scene audition whatever i i I find a lot of people know them or at least think they know them it would be around the like who am i what's my name where am i from um how old am I what time of year is it what's the weather like is it day or night is it two o'clock in the morning or is it 10 past two what it was Wednesday Wednesday the 15th of June um where have I just come from where am I what do I expect to happen next what is my how am I in relation when she talks about relationships so she means all your relationships so like how am I in relation to myself in this scene how am I in relation to this pen, what does this pen mean? Is it is it mine? Is it somebody else's? Did they leave it? Did I steal it? Did I borrow it? Do I have not a clue where it came from? Randall's Hotels, apparently. I truthfully, so, <laughs> I haven't a clue. <laughs> so I'm getting the impression she was big into specificity. Specificity all the way, and right. being grounded in your in your place, place was hugely important to her. So that, I mean, one of the jokes, one of the jokes about HB students, myself included, was that, you see, we'd we'd be rehearsing these scenes and exercises at home in our own apartments or whatever. And then you needed to take with you to the studio the bits that you needed. So I'd have to bring my Randall's pen and this cardigan and that water bottle and whatever. You'd have a bunch of stuff that you would take with you to class. And we used to look like um, bag men and women. Right. Um, a, f- a friend of mine, actually, she she was trying, you know, we had those shopping shopper trolley things, you know, like um, shoppers yeah, on yeah. wheels, like um, every New Yorker has one of those. You can't go anywhere without. Them. But um, my a, a very good friend of mine arrived into class one day. <laughs> she says, oh, my God, I'm after being I'm after being nearly abused on the way because she was coming um, HB Studios down in the in Greenwich Village. And she was coming from the East Village. So she was coming across the city and um she said she was passing this line of people, you know, and next thing they all started having a go at her. She's like, what the hell? I'm just trundling past with my thing. They were all in a bread line waiting for um, for a, a, a charity handout. And because my friend, with all her bags and baggages and stuff that she needed for class, they thought that she was a homeless person and this was all her stuff. So they thought she was skipping the line or? Well, she was skipping the line and they're okay. like, get back okay. to the back of the line. And she's like, I'm just going to class. Gotcha. <laughs> this, is what, this is, you know. Now, the so beauty you... of that, though, is that you get, you get to the point where ultimately all I need to bring for my sense of place and everything is this one pen. Right. So I don't, you know, the, the better you get at it, you, you, you kind of tie it all back to something. Okay. And you you touched on something uh, that you mentioned to me before that I found interesting. So you were saying there you'd be at home mm-hmm. rehearsing. Mm-hmm. And you I know one of the things you said to me before about Uta Hagen was that that she came up with the technique or that she felt like she had developed the technique because she was trying to figure out like how you work Exactly. At home, when you're not exactly. in the rehearsal space, or you're not with the cast, exactly. or so how 
how you did, me, you did ask me that question ages ago it's just i didn't answer it i apologize <laughs> did i so yes she the whole purpose of what she why she created this approach technique series of exercises was that she herself as an actress wanted to be able to find ways to work on things that she had found were problem areas for her or areas uh, so that she could work on certain things before she ever got to the like official rehearsal room right or before or if she wasn't involved in anything and so based on what you're saying there is like is that work then that you're doing on your own is that all is it like all prep work and all to do with specificity and knowing place and where you're going and uh, I guess I'm asking does it relate to the script as in, sorry, that not, of course it relates to the script, but I mean, does it relate to the actual text? When you're actually starting off with the technique, there is no script. Right. You're not working on a script at right. all. There's no script. What you are doing is you start actually with a huge amount of self-observation, right. which uh, you and I both know, because we're a bit longer in the tooth of the old acting malarkey, that that's essential. Um, but I remember when I started out and certainly when I have students in front of me and you have this thing where they, they may be, ex they might have decided their exercises, they're just coming in from their hallway to their kitchen and they're making a cup of tea and they're going back out again. That's it. That's it. That could be the exercise, right? But I find that until they've worked on it and, and, and applied what they need to apply, they're making a cup of tea like they think they yes. make a cup of tea yeah. on a Wednesday morning when they're rushing to work or on a Thursday night before EastEnders starts or whatever the hell it is. Well, I remember too, uh, it wasn't not, a new time. It wasn't yeah, a Newton Hagen workshop or anything, but I remember being in a workshop uh, that Louis Lovett was giving, and he his, his instruction to us was just um, just come into the room and sit on a chair. <laughs> and you think, like, you think like what? I'm sorry, what? But then of yeah. course you do it, and you realize, oh, hang on, it's actually not as easy to just walk in and sit on a chair with all of these people watching. Yeah, yes, because um, you so become self-conscious. So it's it is to be able to walk in and sit in a chair like a normal person in a private moment, as if there's nobody looking at you. Which, of course, yeah. is what actors are trying to do all the time, whether it's sit in a chair or make a cup of tea. So she's also then. It sounds as if it's a very, it's a it 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 sounds like it's a, a a technique that is also very focused on you know in adverted commas bringing yourself fully to a role. Oh, totally, totally. You see, I suppose I've, I, my very first training was with, um, at the HP studio. Um, Actually, let's yeah. talk about that as well. So did yeah. you, did you hear about Uta Hagen and go, right, I'm off to New York to study with Uta or how did it, how did you end up studying with Uta? Well, nothing happens as in, in straight lines like that for me, Frank, in my opinion. <laughs> um, no, of course not. I did a, a, a BCom in, in uh, UCC, uh, a Bachelor of Commerce degree, and I had a marketing job in the UK. And uh, I had this was, I'd done all this sensible stuff, despite the fact that really I was desperate to have some kind of artistic or creative career. But truthfully, you know, for me at that time in my family, in Ireland, in those years, it just was like uh, being an actor was not even, it's not even on the radar, like forget. Sure. And when you say creative as well, again, I'm just, just curious, like, did yeah. you, did you know you wanted to try acting or did you just know you wanted something creative? Um. I think I knew that I wanted to be an actor, but I didn't know that it was okay to be want to want to right. be an actor. Right. And so therefore it wasn't really on the radar at all. The closest I came was I nearly went to um Crawford to study to do fine art. Right. 
and then but then the watered the next watered down level of my creative pursuits was to do oh let's do commerce business studies like but <laughs> let's focus on marketing because that's creative right that'll be creative sure won't it yeah not really not for me anyway sure um so it was like way after the fact when I actually got I got a green card to the states, and you know when you when you got a green card, How, one of the Donnelly visa ones. Um, the what's, lucky. What's that? Oh my god! You see, you're showing your age now, Frank. <laughs> there, there was a time there. There was a number of years and a number of rounds of green card visas that were given to Irish people right. to go so you, and yeah. you applied for one. I, along with the rest of the country, okay. I applied. Was there a specific then, reason you applied at that everybody point? Everybody else was, and there were okay. no jobs. There were no jobs in Ireland. I mean, I hadn't even applied. I had gotten a job in England, and I I applied while I was still in university for the green for the green card, um, but it didn't come through for no, uh, for three or four years, and at that stage I was in England, um, and I. I kind of spun it out as long as I could, you know, changing from the the US Embassy in Ireland to the US Embassy in England. And blah, blah, blah. Because ultimately, when you got your green card, you had to go. Like, go, move, right. okay. three months, you're gone. And so, ultimately, that's what happened. My, I had... The parents were still reeling. Like I sold, I sold, I had, I owned half a house in England. I sold it, gave up my job, and um, announced that I was going off traveling and that I was starting in the states. So the plan was that I was going to travel around the states and then I would start my world travels. Basically, cool. Um, right. The truth is, my world travels never got out of America. Right. I went all over on a Greyhound bus, all right, and ended up in Aspen, Colorado ski resort um i arrived there in a pair of shorts but anyway because i <laughs> i was on my way i was on my way to mexico and south america and central and south america that was the plan um so i left all my winter gear in boston um but then i arrived in aspen and i thought oh that this is kind of cool you know like a ski resort how bad and the it was coming around to thanksgiving so i think i had about a week Less than a week, I think, maybe four days before the prices of all the hostels and stuff would go through the roof. They'd go right. from being hostels to being kind of like, you know, top of the range prices. So I said to myself, do you know what now? If I find a job and a place to live here now in the next three days, I'll stay. And I, I did. And I stayed. And while I was there, cutting, fast forwarding as best I can, I... I met a group of people called the Aspen Ridiculous Theatre Company, who were an improv group. So next thing, I started doing improv. You know, like like whose line is it anyway? That kind right. of malarkey, right? Live. Um, and then they organised uh, for some big acting coach to come and teach them for a week. And I was like, who is this? Alice Spivak was her name. And Alice Spivak was this huge acting coach from New York who used to like to come on holiday to Aspen and stay with her friends and get teach a class while she was there to cover all her expenses and have a bit of sure. money, whatever. So it yeah. was. So I ended up in this class with Alice Spivak, and Alice Spivak had been taught by Uta Hagen. Right. So. Alice was like, you've never done any acting before? And I was like, no, I did, you know, like stuff in school and whatever, but no, nothing proper. And she's like, she said to me at the time, you should come to, you should, you should consider acting as a career. You should come to New York. And I was, I would, my big Irish head on me kind of went like, yeah, yeah, right. You know, but you say that to all the girls type of thing <laughs> and completely dismissed her. And then a couple of months later, uh, having realized that I was insanely, insanely jealous of my boyfriend at the time, who had labeled himself a dancer, singer, drummer, actor. Okay. And I was like, who the hell does he think he is? Like, now he was talented and gifted and amazing and all of that, but he had no. Um, 
what do they call it? Official, tra- not the official isn't the word I'm looking for, but training, you know, like. Um, sure, yeah. He hadn't like, been to any drama school. He hadn't been to whatever. Yeah. And I was like, where does he get off calling himself this? I was I was apoplectic with rage. And it was <laughs> only at that stage that I realised I am insanely jealous because I want to be able to say I am an actor. Right, right. I haven't quite around saying singer, dancer, drummer, but, but you know, I'm <laughs> an actor. And so I rang up this Alice Spivak and I said, come here, were you serious? And she said, deadly. So at that stage, I just packed up all the stuff, came home to Ireland. They thought I was home. They thought, they thought I'd been gone about a year at that stage, about a year right. and a half. They said, they thought, okay, finally, she's back. She's found herself. She's organized. I said, yeah, I found myself. All right. No problem. But, um, I'm actually moving to New York. I'm going to go to the HB Drama School and I'm going to be studying separately as well with Alice Spivak. Good luck. And off I went. Wow. And that was, and yeah, that is one of the beauties actually of the HB studio is that anybody, um, they, they have classes for every single level. Um, right. So like, Anybody who wants to study anything, you know, from voice to scene study to technique to whatever, they'll have a class for you. And it is only when you get up to the kind of higher echelons that you have to audition for certain classes. Um, right. And, and they, they have professionals, um, you know, can come straight from Broadway, you know. Well, there is no Broadway. But, you know, at the moment when we want to work out, like I, I like to work out as an actor. Right. And it's it's pretty hard to do on your own. Now, mm-hmm. thankfully, the Uta Hagen technique exercises, are, it's almost like she designed it for these bloody times because you can work on it on your own at right. home. Alone. But separate to that, if you want to do um, stuff with, with other people, um, you know, there are all these pre, pre-COVID times. Um, you would have really well-established actors would come back to HB in between roles to do classes. And if whatever level you're at, you can actually, you can actually audition and they will place you in a class. That's the appropriate level for you. Right. So I actually, I've, I have, I, I, my brain has loads of questions and I'm trying to figure out which ones to ask. So I think the first one I'll ask, actually uh, the first one I'll ask is because we've kind of, you've kind of touched on it there about like HB studio having different, um, being open to dealing, to uh, engaging with people at all different levels. So I'm really curious about the, in terms of the Uta Hagen technique. Now I know that it must be good for beginners because I I know that you that you that you do teach beginners and that you have taught beginners and then mm-hmm. obviously I know that you use it yourself um, mm-hmm. so I want to talk I want to ask you about that in a minute about like how you use it um, okay. and then so I just want to talk about a bit about I guess you know I think it sounds fascinating if I said to you you know should I learn the Uta Hagen technique I mean you know where I'm at you know roughly where where I'm at as an actor. Um, I wouldn't call myself, you know, I don't know if I'd call myself, basically, is it good for experienced, is it good for experienced actors? Um, In short answer, yes, absolutely. Right. Um, I, I have, I have, I have taught it in person a lot. Um, in recent years and the students uh, when I was setting up um, teaching it online I went back to those students you know for like would you give me a testimonial or whatever and and they're fabulous they all came back with a, a bunch of them came back with fabulous things to say which was really nice but I had asked them for feedback because I wanted to make sure you know, like positive, negative, whatever way it was. And one of the things I was interested in is were they able to apply what they learned? And the resounding answer was yes, immediately. Right. So that you assume you're the very next audition, self-tape, role, whatever you're working on, even if, if, even if you're on a physical desk, even if you've only the very first exercise done, 
you will find yourself applying it straight away. Right. right. And then you're asked the other side of that. So for beginners, I, I, when I look back now, I realize, and I've had loads of, it's not like, it's not like I just just use the Utahagan technique and there's no other technique. No, I use I use bits of everything. Of course I do. Sure. Because I, I never stop loving and uh, loving. <laughs> I never stop learning. <laughs> or loving. I never stop learning, and I don't ever want to stop learning. Yeah. I I love it, but it is it is actually in trying to um, trying to describe the classes and trying to put it into bits on a website has really forced me to think about it in a way that I hadn't previously and to realize that for me I have been using it all the time ever since I learned it but it has become so ingrained in me that it is what I consider common sense now right but it is my com it is my actor common sense derived from having done all the work yes so it's it's just absolutely. Do I apply it? Yes, all the time. And do you? Uh, oh, you want to ask me then whether it is good for uh, experienced actors? Um, well, let's come. So yeah, I know we're skipping all over the place now. But uh, when you say you, it had you know, I suppose you're saying it had become ingrained in your process almost. Mm. Is that that's kind of what is that what you mean? Yeah. yeah. So when you look at that. Has it be, is it ingrained in your process in a kind of a, you know, I do A, B and C, or is it more instinctual than that? Oh, gosh, I think it has become totally instinctual for me, but instinctual because, because the work, I, I, because I've done the work on it, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know if this ever happens to you, but if you have a piece of script that you can't for some reason you flub those lines every time or you get a kind of a dodgy direction from a director now this happens more on stage but it happens on, on set to to you know deliver it this way or do that or go over there or be looking this way while you say that or be you know whatever standing on your head while you deliver and you're th I have found the technique invaluable for helping me to navigate that kind of situation. You're kind of like, right, okay. I'm going to have to stand in the middle of the stage, do three turns to the left, one to the right, then stand on my head and then go off. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, all while being in character. Okay, great. And I have found that I've been able to, to work out how, how to make that work for me. Like right. you, you do your job, you have to, you know, like a, 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 um, an actor's job is to deliver the director's vision. Um, so that's what you do. But sometimes to to make sense for yourself, like nobody need ever know what's going on inside your own head that sure. made that work for you. But they'll know whether they managed to stay in the play while you did three pirouettes and a, sure. a grand jeté or whatever, or whether <laughs> yeah. they went, what yeah. the hell? What happened just there? Yeah. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. Interesting. The other and thing the you, you, you had asked me um, about whether it was good for uh, experienced actors. And here's the thing. Of course, hopefully they would find some of it a lot easier. Do you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so that they would, they may zip through the exercises quicker than uh, mm -hmm. a beginner might. Because so, certainly, I mean, it sounds like there's cross, obviously there's crossover. Totally. You know, yeah. 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 Um, but it, it's, it's helpful to somehow sometimes to just have it unlike, you know, I know you're a huge Meisner fan as I am myself. Um, but like sometimes to access what it is Meisner is saying <laughs> or to, to kind of understand it and to kind of put it into bite-sized chunks that you can break it down and apply it is, is tricky enough, even when you have a teacher, uh, an expert teacher to guide you. Uta's exercises, you can, you can at least understand and start to work on on your own. Gotcha. Now, yeah. you will, ultimately, you will want... Uh, uh, 
a, a teacher to 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 watch your exercise for you and to to see the moments in in the two minutes the two or three minute exercise you've done I always say I prefer two good minutes than three mediocre ones but um to see the to see the moment where where you as the actor lost faith in yourself right you you, uh, you didn't you everything was fine until you went to the window and then what happened there and then Frank says to me, oh, yeah, it's because actually when I was rehearsing it, the window was open and I forgot to open the window before I start or, or what, whatever. There'll be some little thing that'll have thrown you. Sure. And the the suspension of disbelief thing will have just sort of puffed away for a minute. Hmm. Like one of my like one of my things, you know, when you're watching television and um, my husband laughs at me now because... If, as soon as somebody picks up a suitcase, my husband will nearly say, he'll preempt me going, well, there's nothing in that suitcase anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the folding of laundry. They're like, okay, they're going to have a big ding dong. Like, let's, let's give them something to do. They're folding laundry. And the most rubbish folding <laughs> yeah. of laundry. I just, I cannot <laughs> avoid it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Um, brilliant. I know I was going to ask you, I, I, my brain was full of questions a second ago. And of course now I've gone, my mind has gone blank. What was I going to ask you next? Um, so, oh, I know what I was going to ask you next. I was going to ask you about the, about the actual experience of like working with Uta Hagen and uh-huh. just what was she like as a person or, uh. Well, I get quite nostalgic. Um, Uta died in 2004. Right. And she had, in 1996, at the age of, I don't know, was she 76 or something? She had actually, she'd gone back on Broadway in a play called Mrs. Klein. And I, pardon me, I, I... I got to see her in it and she was a tour de force. And then um, she worked, you know, she kept working and she, she was amazing. Now, in terms of her, cl- of being in her class. Okay. So you know what? I hadn't, you said to me earlier, Oh, did you just hear about Uta Hagen? Think, Oh, I've got to study that. No, I didn't know who Uta Hagen was or Alice Spivak or, or, or anything. So I just, I just followed the trail. So Alice said, come to New York, train with me. I trained with Uta Hagen. She teaches here at the HB studio. You should go and train with her. You get there. You can't just train. Back in the day, you couldn't just train with Uta. You had to earn you had to earn the right to audition for Uta's class. Right. So that's what I did. I started training with I, I did a full program of classes there and ultimately worked my way up to the point where you had recommendations from other teachers, which meant that you could then apply to audition for Uta's class, and then you audition for the class. And and you had to do, I suppose it was two minutes, maybe it was three minutes of a scene, and you had a scene partner. So I had a I, friend of mine, Elise Cogan, she wanted to audition as well. And I said, I'll tell you what, we'll do a scene together and we'll both audition, we'll, you know, we'll use the scene. And we auditioned using a scene from Carol Churchill's Top Girls. And it was all very, um, you know, it was so respectful. And this was like Ms. Hagen. Nobody called her Uta. Like she's probably turning in the grave with me going on about Uta this and Uta that. But no, she was Miss Hagen. Right. So, um, you know, you had your time. And you from the minute you crossed the threshold, I think it was 10 minutes to get in, set up your stuff, do your scene, da, 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 and out again, you know. And HB Studio had this fantastic, I loved it. They had loads of uh, set, everything on wheels. So there'd be right. cupboards and and beds and doorways and everything. So you could easily recreate, for the purposes of these exercises, you could easily recreate your own bedroom, bathroom, sure. living room, whatever you were trying to recreate, bus stop, whatever. So... Myself and Elise went in and we had it paired down. We had one bench, 
a chair or something, I don't know, and, and, and a cushion. We did our scene and Uta would, she'd scratch, she'd be, you'd hear the pen, she'd sit in a corner at a desk with her dog and her cigarettes. Smoked like a train and she had this, um, the kind of voice you can only get really from smoking, I think, but that fabulously gravelly kind of raspy voice and um, she'd, she'd scratch away. And anyway, we did the audition and she said, hmm, and you're thinking, uh-oh. She says, um, has anybody directed you in this? And we said, uh, no. No, of course, we didn't even know what the right answer was supposed to be. But we said, like, no, we've just worked on it together like we were, have been taught. And she said, right, yeah. It's just that I hate this play. <laughs> we're like, oh, Christ, oh, brilliant. We're screwed. She says, I, I hate this play, but you've done an absolutely brilliant job. You're both straight into the class. Nice. And um, and then she said to me, and and I, I want you in my advanced Shakespeare class as well. Very nice. So was, I know it was, you know what? I mean, it's all these years later, Frank, and that's like one of the highlights of my career. It's a bit <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> it's a bit, I know, but I still, it's kind of like, ooh, I kind of like, I was on fire after that and then being in her classroom the respect for the work (sighs) like you just knew that you were you were doing you were doing important work acting was important work and it was taken hugely seriously and we all worked really hard and you put your you you wanted to do your scene every week and not everybody got a chance to do their scene every week. And so you'd arrive early and you'd put your name on a list and she'd work through the list of scenes. And um, and if you didn't, if you didn't get, if your name was on the list, but you didn't get seen that day, then you knew that you're going to be top of the list. Those last six people would be top of next week's list. And she would, <laughs> she would you'd finish and she'd go well first of all you'd have been listening you know in your kind of your ear would hear whether she was scratching out words or whatever on you know, writing and then she'd say right well how do you feel you see and when I first heard this I thought oh my god I haven't a clue how I feel I don't know what's happened I've just done this see I don't know what I'm Irish <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's, a, that's another thing because she was a real believer in not kind of uh, not what I like, call it working through all your emotional baggage in class. That that the cl- classroom was not a place for that, and that she I heard her tell loads of people. She used to say that she used to say, um, "Just go and have therapy. Just go therapy. Like, go have it. Tell me afterwards if you if you needed it or not." But have it first and then be telling me whether you need it or not. Don't right. come to class to kind of work through all your your, your sure. missing yeah. daddy, yeah. your loss, whatever. <laughs> so she she would then, but the whole idea with um, how did you feel? How do you feel? Yeah. Was, of course, to teach us self-analysis. So sure. her whole technique is about self-observation and actually watching watching how you actually behave when you can't find your keys and um as opposed to what you think you do and and recreating that and then in class when whether you were doing a technique exercise or scene study or shakespeare or whatever you were doing she she also wanted you to first analyze yourself i you know i you, you might be totally lost or whatever in fact if anybody wants to know what it's like to be in uta hagen's class she has this, there's a three-hour documentary available on YouTube, completely free for anybody to watch, which is Uta teaching um, exercise. I think it goes through each of her exercises and some scene study work. And it, it's right. just, I, I've watched it numerous times because I, it, for me, it's like being back in the classroom. Sure. You know, sure. It's yeah. Yeah. Well, amazing. Well, look, thank you. 
thanks so much because uh, yeah i've learned a huge amount about Uta Hagen and her technique um, and not at all no not at all and fascinating uh, fascinating to me anyway to hear how you actually ended up in the hp studio um that's really cool um so what was i going to say uh so yeah i think i'm gonna have to go and uh i'm gonna have to go and check out that that documentary i'm gonna have to read would you read would you recommend reading the first book first no you just, if you're buying a book yeah just this one a challenge a challenge for the actor right okay cool just now i look 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 autograph oh nice you. so yeah so for, will you because obviously <laughs> obviously most people will be hearing this just in audio oh yeah so sorry, pauline's I'm just held looking, up a copy I was we were on Zoom. I was showing Frank my my book, um, which is a challenge for the actor, um, Uta's second book. So if you're fancy buying one of her books, go for this one. It's much um it's much easier to follow. And she certainly thought it was much better herself than the original Respect for Acting. Um Respect for Acting is a great read, but if you're buying one, buy this sure. one. Um it's available on um and then you have Amazon there's an inscription. Oh, there's you an just inscription. Showing me. Yeah, sorry. It says it says for well, it says for Pauline with my best love and profound. She has underlined it. Admiration! Exclamation mark. Yours, Uta Hagen. June Beautiful. 1st, Beautiful. Oh, don't lose the book. Fabulous. So, yeah. Um, and then, so if people want to actually know more yeah. about you and connect with you, where where are oh, the yeah, places well, I have to? My, well, I have this fabulous website that. Do that, you? That, yeah. <laughs> this this, this my site actor crowd. I don't know if you know it at all. And I think Marshall, I've heard. I've heard of my site actor somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they um they built my website for me originally, and they've just recently added hugely to it because I have um, a load more stuff on there, including the um acting classes. So my website is. PaulineUdriscoll.com. PaulineUdriscoll.com. Brilliant. And then in terms of like maybe... There's acting classes and you just, there's everything about Uta there. And I'm basically, I'm offering people a 15 minute free kind of chat Zoom call, you know, so that if you have any questions or if you're wondering, is it right for me or is it not right for me or... I've done this, but I want to do that or, you know, so le yeah, let's have a chat about it and see Brilliant. what it is you want and whether, whether what I'm teaching might be of use to you. Brilliant. And social media, do you, do you connect to people on social media or do you? Direct do. I do. Um, I do Facebook. I have a Facebook page called surprisingly enough, Pauline O'Driscoll. <laughs> actor and acting coach I think it's called and I'm on um, uh, Twitter and Instagram at as Pauline brilliant. Pauline OD underscore actor brilliant I'll link them all up in, I'll link them all up in the show notes and the yeah. and the blog post then um, where do you just out of curiosity what's what, what what would your favorite platform be as a as an actor and acting coach Oh, God, look, it's so lovely to be in person, right? Obviously, I love that experience. But throughout the whole of this year, I've actually done a load of classes. I mean, where I'm the student myself this year. Right. Um, because, because I've realised that I, I needed it for my own sanity to be actually working on something um, creative, so I was explaining to my husband that, you know, doing an acting class or a voiceover class or a cartoon voices or what I've done loads of different stuff um, this year. That has been the equivalent of my night out or my. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. You know, girls night out or <laughs> weekend. So are you saying so rather than are you saying like literally rather than kind of interacting on social media, you would much rather be doing a course or doing a. Yeah, I do. I, I actually love. I love learning in general. And so as when I I I yeah. I kind of like that feeling when mm. you you're in a class and you don't know what what the hell is going on. Sure. And so for no, me can, 
I can totally relate. Myself and Marcy actually have to, we have to do like <clears throat> course moratoriums because we just, we sign up for so many courses and we're like, wait, we have, we have three lined up that we have to go through. Oh, no, we I, are not I, purchasing I, any I, more courses you know, or signing up for any more. Guilty as charged. But yeah. like, for, for example, I've done, I've done mark, uh, marketing ones and different ones like that, but like, and they're great, but they don't, they're there and I don't consider them a gift to my soul like working on an acting it's some kind sure. of an acting some element yeah. of my, like, voiceover is something new that I've been just getting into and I've done courses sure. on audio books and I mean cartoons I did recently and like that's like learning a whole new language for god's sake you know sure. flat do you know what a flap is? Not a clue. Yeah, it's the the hole through which an animated whatever speaks in cartoons. So if it's a spoon, it could be it could be a little hole in the in the head of the spoon, or it could okay. be if it was a box, it could be it could be the lid of the box or right. whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, listen, thank you so much. Um, that was that was just fascinating. Um, I really appreciate you thank taking you, the time. Frank. To come on and chat and uh and i will be chatting to you soon anyway brilliant okay thanks Listen, pauline and thanks a million for having me and um you know, hey, i hope i said something interesting you All said right. loads <laughs> interesting thanks so much cheers thanks frank take care bye-bye bye-bye be sure and check out paulineodriscoll.com for more on all of the incredible work Pauline is doing. And if you're looking for a quick, easy and affordable actor's website, go to www.mysite.actor. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, connect with me on Twitter at Frankie P. And I will catch you next time. Cheers. <laughs>